Welcome in. Crossover Thursday. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Travis Rogers locked on Rams. This dude has talked a lot of mess to me this offseason. So I'm really <laughs> excited about this podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Cardinals and Locked On Rams your respective first listens each and every day. Free and available on all platforms. He, Travis Rogers, ESPN LA. He is a one percenter on Twitter. He doesn't have any numbers, letters, underscores, anything. It's at <laughs> Travis Rogers. Mine's at Clancy's Corner. Uh, this is a really interesting matchup. We're going to rip through all of it. Uh, key matchups, storylines, score predictions, everything. Uh, this episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks. This is a new Earth sponsor for us, and we absolutely love them here. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less, then their prize picks projection, you can win up to 10 times your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to 100 bucks. Use promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com. Promo code locked on. So go under, by the way. Just saying, under just is hitting. everything except <laughs> yes. for the Rams total, maybe. Okay. So, <laughs> so the, the first two weeks for both of these respective franchises have been weird. Um, mm -hmm. The Rams one off was, you could call it a Super Bowl hangover. I don't think that's what it was. I think. They just got boat raced in week one for a team that was ready to roll. And then the Cardinals with Kansas City, we saw what happened there. And then week two was weird in both ways. Both teams came out victorious. Atlanta gave the Rams a little bit more of a stink than you'd think. Matthew Stafford threw a bad interception. And then the Cardinals had did what the Cardinals do and <laughs> had a walk-off with Byron Murphy. Didn't make any sense. I threw up. I screamed. I popped the vocal cord. <laughs> Everything in between. Travis, through two weeks – Looking at this matchup, where I'm assuming Aaron Donald et al. are salivating, licking their chops, what does it look like in L.A. for this organization and the weird start to 2022? Well, I want to start with the weird start first because – I and you laid out a little bit of it, Alex. I think the starts of these two respective teams are eerily similar. Here, here's what happened. In the opening week, they both got absolutely run out of the building by an AFC heavyweight. In the second week, they both barely escaped by the skin of their teeth with a win over a team they probably should have handled, right? The third week, there somebody's coming out of this 2-1, and 1-0 in the division, and feeling like the world has started to settle down a little bit. Somebody's coming out of this 1-2, and 0-1 in the division, and feeling like, is our entire season hanging in the balance moving forward? They, they are in exactly the same spot. They've gotten here a little bit differently, but you're right. It, it's just a very strange thing. And I think... To go back to your first question, and and the 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 temperature of Rams fans here in Los Angeles is kind of a it, it, are are we good? Like <laughs> I, I I I know that they won the Super Bowl. I know that most of the familiar faces from a year ago are back. I know that the most important faces, and Cup and Stafford and Donald and Ramsey, all of those guys are back. I know we got some really big names, whether it's Allen Robinson or Bobby Wagner. Those guys are here now, but watched them play a couple of games and I don't know if they're good or not. And, and maybe we'll have a little bit more clarity on that by the time we get to uh, Sunday afternoon, because I think whoever wins is going to feel like, okay, you know, it's the beginning of the season. We didn't play at least for the Rams go. We didn't play any of the guys at the beginning of the season. The first two weeks are like training camp. Buffalo is scary good. So they might just steamroll everybody. We'll see how that looks. And since then it's started to look a little bit more like a Sean McVay team, but if it goes the other way, I think the question, are they Rams a good team, is going to be a real one starting uh, on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and, and the, the makeup of them are completely different. And you look at the Bills and the, and the Chiefs, both of them played their starting quarterback in the preseason for different reasons. Probably mm -hmm. doesn't mean anything, but at least they got a little bit of juice, a little bit of sweat on the field before week one and the 
you know, respective teams, the Rams and the Cardinals didn't. The Rams floor is higher than the Cardinals. I think that's pretty obvious. Yep, now, I agree. what Les Snead is going to do with stars if things go south is very different from what Steve Kime would do. And that's way down the line, but it's like, what we saw from Kyler Murray in week two in the second half, I actually thought about you after the game when I was looking towards the uh, the Thursday game because one of the things you said when we talked last year was what Kyler Murray did in week four whenever they played last year at SoFi was yeah, week four. this could be an MVP candidate here. And mm-hmm. what everybody in the NFL saw in the fourth quarter was, first of all, he's not a running quarterback because he took 20 seconds before running across the line in the two-point conversion looking for an open receiver, which yep. was huge for me. And number two – he does things that a lot of other quarterbacks can't. Yes. So when you have that piece in your arsenal, it's up to Cliff Kingsbury to massage that, utilize it, spread it out across 60 minutes, and be able to make a superstar quarterback. Now, with Matthew Stafford, the elbow, all that stuff, I think the Rams are going to be just fine. So let's jump into the big storylines here. For me, it's Cooper Cup. It's Cooper Cup. And it's Aaron Donald. Like, with Allen Robinson, he's one of the more undervalued receivers. He's been locked up in Chicago, and then he was in Jacksonville. He had one and a half good years there with mm-hmm. Blake Bortles. Cooper Cup is the, is the best receiver in the NFL. Still, maybe. Finally. I, I, I'm so glad to hear somebody other than me say well, that. But because he does everything like a video game. Like, him and Stephon Diggs are one and one A to me. Because Stephon Diggs is so effortless. And yes. Cooper Cup is so effortless. But... With the Cardinals, the storyline for that, for me, the reason why is the secondary here has been the slight. And I don't see Cooper Cup not having 10 receptions for 150 and two touchdowns. So that's the biggest thing for me on Sunday. I I think that it's an interesting way to look at it. For for me, it is Matthew Stafford. And not because we don't, you know, last year at this time, going into week three, the, the question was, was this a good idea to move all these guys? Was it a good idea to move on from Jared Goff after he had taken you from a Super Bowl? And not that you thought Goff was the second coming of Peyton Manning, but it, it was good enough most of the time. So w- why did they do what they did? And they will out there and they just run circles around Tom Brady and the Bucks in week three. It's like, oh, okay, I get it right now. Um, and then you had that weird month in November where they don't win a game and they really didn't win a game in November because Matthew Stafford played terribly. He threw a pick six in two of those three games. I think he had seven interceptions in a three, in a a three game window. Well, look at what's going on right now. He's thrown five picks in two weeks. You know, maybe it's the elbow, maybe it's the, the, the inability to get uh, as much time and, and repetitions as you would like during training camp. Maybe it's all those things, or maybe, this is more of a, a regression back to the mean. He throws a lot of interceptions. I mean, this is this is the guy that he is. When the Rams don't throw an interception with Matt Stafford, they haven't lost a game yet. I mean, they have not lost a game if he plays cleanly. If he throws one, they usually win. If he throws more than two, all bets are off. Everything's out to win. I know that's true with most guys along the way, but his are, are incredibly extreme. If he can play clean, I'll, I'll give him one. If he can throw one interception, I think the Rams are in really good shape. Here's the thing. They don't run the ball at all, right? So they, they, with, with whether it's Daryl Henderson, whether it's Cam Akers, they do not run the ball effectively. I think they're second last of the league as far as rushing yards go through the first two weeks of the season. So they're super one-dimensional. Like you said, with Cooper Cup, Cooper Cup's going to get his 10. Cooper Cup had 10 or 12, or I forget exactly what the number was against Buffalo. He went over 100 yards. He caught a touchdown. And they got run out of the building by three touchdowns. So you can have a game where Cooper Cup does what he does, and it's a complete non-factor. 
it's everyone else, and I think it's Matthew Stafford's responsibility to get everyone else involved. Allen Robinson only has five catches through two games. He's got one touchdown. Tyler Higby second on the team with seven catches. I mean, they played two games. Seven shouldn't be second on the team, and it it's a distant second. And then once you get beyond those two guys, it falls off a cliff. So I think they need to get more guys involved, and I think that's incumbent on Stafford. At Travis Rogers, locked on Rams at Clancy's Corner, locked on Cardinals, Alex Clancy, Travis Rogers, crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to keep doing the matchups because it's like playing against cousins, man. It's like it's like playing against in the same league every year. And this has kind of had some sort of stability now where both teams have been pretty good for the last couple of years. It's mm-hmm. not Sean McVay blanking the Cardinals, uh, you know, at home before moving to SoFi, 40-whatever to nothing. It's not London, 40-whatever to nothing in 2017. The Cardinals have been competitive, and that's something that's been different. So there's a lot more storylines going into this. We're going to talk about them next crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. First, I get to talk to you, though, about eugenics or eugenics. sorry. Um, when, when we get new sponsors, like I, we obviously always get super excited here. We get to talk about new companies, get to spread the word. And eugenics is just a brand new one that – we get to discuss as my computer fails me. Okay. Um, <laughs> so uh, when people get older and your body changes, tra- listen, I think you and I are the same age. My hand's in the air. I think <laughs> you and I guy. are the same age. Like maybe getting a bit of a dad bod. I work from home now, so I've gained at least a 20 burger in the last year. For <laughs> you sure. consider yourself <laughs> lucky. <laughs> Feeling like you just can't get in shape. It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone. The man testosterone, um, it happens to every man, and it makes it more difficult to stay in shape and be energetic and active. I live this every day. That's because when you were younger, you were able to peak. You were at the peak of your testosterone production. Uh, What some have called the winner's hormone or the man's hormone, that's testosterone. Wouldn't it be nice to get that winning winning edge back uh, as you – age gracefully hopefully one more energy to counter the negative physical effect of aging nugenics total t testosterone booster with testafin will help you turn back the clock re-energize your workouts get you better results at the gym and help you uh, look like the man you want to look like okay there's here are a couple proof points okay because uh, listen some of these things it, it's tough to understand sometimes tough to believe because you see them everywhere nugenics is the real deal nugenics total t contains man boosting key ingredients like Te- uh, testafin, like I mentioned, it has been validated in five clinical studies um, to show free testosterone boost levels in men. Your testosterone goes up with Nugenics Total T. Okay, now you get a complimentary, bo- complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text NFL to two three one two three one. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever, with key ingredients to help you get back in shape fast, absolutely free. Text NFL to 231231. Text NFL to 231231. Woo! New I promise my live would be better next time. Alex Clancy, Travis Rogers. He is the host of Locked on Rams. I'm the host of Locked on Cardinals. Follow him at Travis Rogers. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Uh, thanks for making Locked on Rams and Cardinals your first listen each and every day, free and available on all platforms. This is a massive matchup for all the different reasons that we expected going into the season. Like Seattle being the only team winning a game in the NFC West in week one was not on anybody's bingo cards. 
Matthew Stafford and the Rams looking as bad as they did in week one was not on anybody's bingo cards. And the Cardinals winning in the way they did in week two completely shifted the potential trajectory of the season. And the matchups here are fascinating. Travis, Kyler Murray, thoughts? You know, it's funny. I, I kind of break quarterbacks down into a handful of different groups. There's the guys that you don't really even consider looking at you, Marcus Mariota, last week. There was never a moment as bad as bad as the Rams started to come unraveled in the fourth quarter. You knew that Mariota wasn't going to be the guy to cash it in, right? They, they, it wasn't one of those, hey, don't give him one more chance or he's going to get you. There's the guys that are, you know, they're just scary enough to make you pay attention to him. A guy like a Kirk Cousins that if you give him 10 chances, he's going to get one or two of them and he's going to get you. Then there's another group of the Brady's and the Rogers and the Mahomes and the Allens that just you're going to have to be nearly perfect to beat one of those guys. Then there's the group that I'm going to put Kyler Murray in, which is kind of, yeah, I mean, he may do something that makes you your eyes pop out of your head, but I'm not really sweating that guy. I I, I just, I'm I'm not, I, I don't, I know he's fast. Aaron Donald's nearly as fast. I know that he can make some things happen, but he hasn't made them happen against the Rams. Like when Russell Wilson was doing his thing, with the Seahawks for a number of years. He was number one on the list. I'm not saying he's the best quarterback in the league, but he was one of the, every time he dropped back, he was going to do one. He's going to complete a pass. He was going to extend the play. You weren't going to get to hit him, and he might take off and, and, and pick up a first down with his legs. Kyler Murray might do one of those things, but it's not every single time. He, he, he seems to really get flustered easily. He seems to get um, confused easily. He does, not, he does not put that thing into the air that makes you go, uh-oh, that do not give the ball to him one more time. Now, week four last week, he just ran circles around everybody. He was the best player on the field, and there was no answer for him. But the Rams have this thing with the Cardinals. They've only lost to him once, as you know, with Sean McVay as the head coach. They go into Arizona last year on Monday Night Football with one hand tied behind their back because of a COVID outbreak. And they, they not only do they win, they win convincingly. And then they got the perfect team at the perfect time because, the, you know, you go back to the end of last season, Week uh, 18, the Rams lose to San Francisco in SoFi Stadium. It's 65, 70% Niner fans. The Rams go from the number two seed down to the number four seed. And you're thinking, okay, they got to go through Green Bay and everything else that's coming up. Instead, they go to the four, which means they get the Cardinals in the first round. It's a perfect made-to-order matchup for Sean McVay. So I, I just think all of these things come together with this is the right team, the right quarterback at the right time for a Rams team that really quite hasn't had their footing through the first two weeks. Yeah, and you know, it's unfortunately refuting a lot of that is difficult at this point. Um, I, I agree that Kyler Murray is, is a work in progress. I agree that, you know, he has elite in him, and I think that it takes a little bit longer sometimes for people to get there. And, you know, I would love to see more of the oh my god moments, as I call them, with more potency than what I see now. I'd like to see a lot less three and outs, a lot, uh, you know, a lot less balls thrown away, a lot less sliding um, or going out of bounds, you know, when when a play isn't called right or whatever. Like I, I think some of this has to do with Cliff, and I think a lot of it has to do with Kyler as well. Mm-hmm. It's a work in progress, and I do think that he's a little bit more dangerous than people give him credit for every play because you don't know what play it's going to be. He, he could be a streaky three-point shooter, whatever you want to say, a streaky hitter in baseball may be the better way to say it. Um, he's not an Adam Dunn. You know, he's not going to strike out or hit a home run, but he's a little bit closer to the middle, and I understand. He's not Ichiro either. <laughs> no, he's not Ichiro either. No, that, that's true. Uh, Ichiro, who is aged, like, gracefully 
he must be taking Nugenics. I mean, that dude does not age. He doesn't. He's got gray hair. He looks the exact damn same. When he and Griffey, he and Griffey on the field, I don't know. It doesn't matter. I digress. Um, it, it's, it's been frustrating to watch a little bit because you know there is greatness in Kyler Murray, and you know that he's been given more weapons than other quarterbacks have over the last couple of years, and it hasn't totally come together for a full season. Now, going into Sunday, for me – it's going to be Aaron Donald, obviously. It's going to be Bobby Wagner because Bobby Wagner knows this team. doesn't matter. He's wearing a different jersey. Knows sure. this team better than most in the NFC West. And it's really going to be, can they turn Jalen Ramsey into the 158.3 quarterback rating that we saw in week one? Or are you going to see Jalen Ramsey in week two where he turned back to Jalen Ramsey? Obviously, I think it would be closer to week two than week one. But I think a huge fallacy in this day and age of football is, oh, he's, he's a lockdown corner. Just don't throw at him. Test him. Make it happen. Josh like, Allen and, did. Yeah, well, yeah. And 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 with DeAndre Hopkins not being on the field, I think that may be a benefit for the Cardinals because Jalen Ramsey hasn't played against Hollywood Brown. Like, so if you if you go speed instead of instead of pushing and shoving like he and DeAndre Hopkins do, I think they may be able to get a little bit of leverage there. But overall, this is going to come down to the offense needing to put up points early because unlike the Raiders, the Rams will punish you and you will not hold them to three points in the second half in overtime like Vance Joseph was able to adjust and allow the defense to do in the second half. So that's what scares me the most is them not putting up points early on like they like they did in Vegas. Yeah, let me let me ask you, because I want to go back to Murray for a second. As, as somebody who sees him twice a year, or last year we got to see him three times because they played in the playoffs, and, and kind of put this together with the, the story of the offseason and the you know the mandatory study clause and all that kind of stuff and I'm, I'm not even setting up a call of duty joke i promise i'm really I'm truly not there's a first finally <laughs> thanks for the vacation you're, you're, you're welcome but there does seem to be a thing about him which goes together with the, the mandatory study clause that it feels that he gets easily frustrated that he checks out easily that he kind of I don't want to say give up because I don't think it's that but it's yeah. this this very visible frustration that you don't typically see from Brady'll do it because he's earned the right to do it over 20 plus years of the league to point his finger and that kind of stuff. But Murray you can you can sense the frustration. You don't get that sense that even when Matthew Stafford's flinging interceptions all over the yard he's just walking around like yeah i got the next one. it's cool everybody calm down I, I got this even when he doesn't with murray it feels frustrated he feels confused and a little bit unprepared and this is me from a distance and then you see you hear a story like that because sometimes guys just make bad throws but sometimes it feels like hey you you should have seen that one coming like you can't throw the ball to that situation in that time murray falls into that group am, am i wrong am i am i not seeing him enough or am i reading that right you know, it, 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 it's a little of both. I think that him being quiet is construed as, like, people in this in our society, it's like, if you're quiet, then you're either not a good leader or you're dumb or things like that. And he's a quiet dude. He's an introvert. He plays video games. Fine. To make all the jokes, do everything he can. Should he be better in certain situations? Absolutely. Should he be less demonstrative and go over and talk to somebody and do things like this? Sure. And I think what he's learned in his third year was – you're not always going to be the best player on the field right when you walk on the field. And, let, and this is the excuse. The reason I make for this is he was given reins to a perennially losing franchise after a year where they scored less points per game than the 2008 Detroit Lions who went 0-16. So he had to jump in and had Larry Fitzgerald as his one, no offensive line, really no run game to speak of. The defense was fine. And 
have a head coach who should never grace an NFL field. <laughs> so with those things, and sure, Cliff's gotten better. Okay, but he's still I still think that Kyler Murray wins in spite of Cliff Kingsbury and not because of him. He does so, look good in the in the the place with the pool with the fireplace. That is a cool look. I don't know how anybody much that's that can, worth as they far can as roll prep, without but... socks. Anybody that can roll without <laughs> socks is cooler than me for sure. I get for sure. I can't I can't do it. So like flash forward to now, he had kind of uh the first time spotlight was ever on him in not a positive way, probably in his life. You know, 2019 was a throwaway because he was a rookie. They weren't very good. One rookie of the year. 2020, they started six and three and then had some injuries, couldn't put it together down the stretch. And then last year, we finally got to see what he was at his peak in a vacuum. And that's scary for opposing teams. Winning seven games in 10 out of 12, it's not a fluke 10 out of 12. Things broke down. DeAndre Hopkins got hurt. And then when push came to shove, Cliff Kingsbury could not get it done as a head coach, in my opinion. And sure, it's on players still. But I think it's a, it's a combination of he's still learning and still growing. He needs to get better as a leader for sure. And he doesn't have stability anywhere mm. in the organization. And I don't think that's unfair. Like Cliff has gotten better every year. It's either Cliff or Kyler. It's the front office or Kyler Murray. Who is at fault? The, the, the fan base is split. And, and it's I, I try to toe the line a little bit, but – until on week until week two of this past you know five days ago, Cliff Kingsbury had never won an important NFL game. Mm. He hadn't, in my opinion. It, like it's easy in a vacuum when the defense is setting you up and you're putting up a forty burger in Tennessee in week one, going on this magical run. AJ Green doesn't turn around on the season shifts last year. It's like, how is that possible? It, you can, not everything can happen in a vacuum. So I think this year Cliff is going to get better. You hope. And Kyler Murray is going to continue to evolve and get better. And this is the natural progression of a young quarterback in the NFL. I'm still defining it as that. But I don't think any of your points are false. Yeah. It's just we're looking at 80% of the spectrum and not until he gets to be a star. And I've talked for nine minutes about Kyler Murray. Thank you for that. Oh, by the way, the, oh, yeah. the, the, the guys that are stars in the league, the guys that are just flat out, okay, I don't want to. There's like five of them. Yeah. Well, and there's going to be like three of them when Brady and Rodgers retire. Like right. there's who, so who is it? Who who broke the mold? Who ruined it for everybody? Joe Burrow, we think. Uh, maybe, Josh Allen, maybe. Right. Yeah. Josh Allen's in year five. Yep. Right. And then Patrick Mahomes is in, is in year five too. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's like, this is, he's going into year four. Like it's, it's just different. And they went to two of the most stable organizations on the planet. Now the bills recently, but the Chiefs for a while. And the Chiefs and, and Andy Reid. I mean, yeah, exactly. Andy Reid's been around for 500 years and has had 499 good seasons. He knows what he's yeah, doing. Exactly. So that's like I err on the side of somebody that's won their entire life than a coach who hasn't. And I don't mm-hmm. know if that's necessarily fair or a front office who hasn't. They run their like I, my favorite thing. And sorry, Ross, we're going way over here, but I love talking to Travis. Um, <laughs> the uh, my my line here is the Cardinals are run like they've won 10 Super Bowls. We got this. Don't worry. We've done it before. You haven't. Alex Clancy, Travis Rogers. Coming up next, game predictions. I mean, we could talk for an hour and a half. I don't know what's going to happen. I know Travis has already done three hours of radio, but uh, <laughs> all that more next. Uh, first, betonline.net. Okay. I don't know how this overlay is going to work. Oh, there it is. Perfect. Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, three and a half point dogs the Cardinals are at home. 
I thought it would have been closer to four and a half or five, but with how the Cardinals won, I, I have no idea. I, I have no idea how betting works anyways. BetOnline.net does. And if you have any questions, if you want to make wagers, th- some of the best futures on the planet are on BetOnline.net. they got a future for everything. Okay, they're your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. They're your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including baseball, MMA, boxing, golf, football, college football, et cetera. The NBA is, oh my God, the NBA what, starts in like 10 days. So 10 days. Now. That's unbelievable. Uh, I'm going to throw like go to the website today or use your mobile device. I, I feel Take bad the for the under players. On the Lakers and just I feel bad for the players. Like <laughs> they need two months off or three months off. I feel like the season just ended. Go to the website or use your mobile device uh, to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Rolling along here. Locked on crossover Thursday. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Travis Rogers locked on Rams. I can't believe they won the Super Bowl last year. They caught like, a few breaks. I mean, did I asked you this last time we talked? Did Todd Bowles get a ring? <laughs> did Todd Bowles get a ring for that cover zero on the best it, wide receiver we've seen having the best wide receiver season in the history of the game? Did he now, get a ring? Now he's the head coach, so that's exciting. Yeah. So if we, if we get a chance. He got to, a pay bump. Yeah, we get to go maybe do that. Look, they they did win the the Super Bowl, and the only game that wasn't in doubt during their their playoff run was the first one against yeah. Arizona. It's that it's that perfect little tune up that you need because they were not where they needed to be, and it's like, okay, who do I just beat like a drum every test? Like playing your little brother. Like, like he might oh, throw in a three-pointer a to beat dick. you once in a while, <laughs> but you know that I can just back him under the hoop. I'm just going to drop one on him. It's it, I, When I need to have it, I need to have it. And now I can go play someone else and see what I can do. Where they, is the they, dumb button when you need it? <laughs> I just Where is my dumb button so I can just swear profusely? Right. So going into Sunday, the over-under from betonline.net is 48 and a half. Um, I could see – I talked yesterday about this. The Cardinals need this game to be in the 50s or 60s if they want to win. It's got to be a shootout. I don't think 17-13 is a way the Cardinals can win this game, especially with the defense as currently constructed, even though they played superhero football for two for two quarters in overtime against the Rams. Give me your prediction. Pull the Band-Aid off. What is it, 98-6? to six? <laughs> no, well, What no. are we doing the, here? The Ram offense has been really weird so far this season. I think the Rams are going to win the game. I think they'll cover because I don't think that's a huge number, although road favorites are always kind of weird. We know that that's always a, a weird way to do it. But – the Ram, here's what's worked on the Ram offense. Cooper Cup. Yeah. We're done with the list. That's what that's what's worked with the Ram. Matthew Stafford has been below the line. Allen Robinson has been below the line. Tyler Higby's been okay, but hasn't been but hasn't been targeted a ton. Both of their backs have been below the line. Um, and then that third wide receiver position, Van Jefferson, it, it's odd. The the more that you watch these games played, the more important he becomes. That, that this was a guy that would catch four or five passes a game, that would catch a big one. He'd get a 20-plus yard catch at least once a week. And, and it was you had, to, you had to defend him. You had to account for him in your defensive scheme, which made it more – freed Robert Woods up, and later freed up OBJ, and Cooper Cup is going to do what he does. Well, they're getting nothing out of that spot right now, and the whole thing just feels kind of bogged down, that if it's not Cup, it maybe you can get something going with Robinson. So – I, I don't know if this game will be played in the 30s. I mean, I, I think to your point, Alex, if it is, I think that probably benefits the Rams because it means that their offense is clicking a little bit. Um, Aaron Donald's been great. 
you know, no breaking news there. But again, Bobby Wagner's been okay. Jalen Ramsey was better in week two. He was terrible in week one after having a bad Super Bowl, after having a bad divisional round. Like Jalen Ramsey has been, you, you brought it up earlier. Is he still the best corner in football? Maybe, which is a decline from, is he the best corner in football? Oh yeah, which is what he was last year, which is what he was the year before that, and which is what he was the year before that. And right now it's, yeah, he might be which is a big difference, and and we'll see how he plays. We'll see if he continues to get better. But I think the Rams win. I think that they probably cover, but I think it's more in the 20s than it is in the 30s. Yeah, that's about right. I had about 27-20 uh, Rams. Um, I have them covering. Like th- This is this game is going to be predicated upon a couple things. If the Cardinals can put up points early and stick with the Rams, the Cardinals can win this game. Like I don't think the Cardinals are like – this isn't – you know, I mean – this isn't Atlanta and Atlanta stuck with them, even though it was kind of a one-off and, but what can't happen is the Rams come down and score the Cardinals punt and the Rams come down and score. Like that's, that's kind of the thing. And that's what I was saying about Kansas city. It's like, if that happens, the Cardinals are going to lose this game very early. And that's what happened because the Cardinals are a lot of things. And one of them are three and out monsters and 48 second drives. And it's, it's, it's incomplete pass, run up the gut, incomplete pass, punt. And it's like with the defense now, the Cardinals need to be on the field as long as possible. I told, like I've been saying for Cliff, slow the game down. Stay yeah. on the field. The best uh, the best defense is keeping the opposing quarterback on the sideline, especially when you have kind of a lesser than defense because you focus so much on the offense during the offseason. So, it's something yeah. the Rams do not do particularly well. They, they, that's why that Atlanta game got so goofy at the end is they they have trouble staying on the field when they have to be – that team that kind of grinds you out, that's getting that three, four yards of carry, that they don't have that back. They don't have that mentality. It's not what they but, do. But let me they, ask you, let me ask you this. Daryl Henderson in on 25 teams would be an RB1. Mm-hmm. So why isn't is it because Cam Akers showed flashes when he came back from when he when he tore his Achilles? Like Daryl Henderson has been nothing short of an RB1. Since he came in and since he was given the chance after um oh after Sony Michelle like he's been the guy right well yes and no he has moments where he's terrific he's very very fast he's a tough runner he's actually for a smaller guy he's pretty good in, in between the tackles he doesn't he's never healthy he yeah. he has a really hard time of staying on the field that you go back to his rookie season he's been in and out of the lineup constantly. Um, and, and I do think that when we saw Akers at his best, not last season, but the season before that, when Sean McVay basically said, okay, I'm done with Jared Goff here. We're going to completely reinvent the wheel. And they just started giving it to Akers. And, and he had a bunch of big games where he looked like that guy. He could be, he can block, he can catch the ball out of the backfield, and he can, he can be that guy. If you give it to him 25 times, he can carry the load. Then he gets hurt it, it, you know, with the Achilles injury. He's never been the same since. Mm-hmm. Clearly, he was in McVay's doghouse on the opening night, so they, he didn't even get a chance to play. And while he was better last week, he wasn't good. It was just – it was relative to week one, it was good, but it just in the – you know, it was less than three yards a carry. He didn't get in the end zone. It wasn't like, okay, there's that guy all over again. The Rams are fairly one-dimensional when it comes to, to – the way that they play offense, it's passing the ball. And that's how Atlanta got back in the game. They couldn't kill any clock. They had a couple of those drives that you're talking about where there's incompletions or there's short completions and the, the clock keeps moving and they weren't converting for first downs. And that's how they got back into it. You know who's making all the money? Odo Beckham Jr. is making so much money right now. Just waiting. Hey, and, I, like, is the tour going to continue? Is he going to go to State Farm Stadium? You know, he was there with Tommy Boy. He was yeah. there on opening night. Is he going to go to State Farm Stadium and be like, 
I, I think that he is in it, it. If things could have been written out, if you had to get the injury that he did in the Super Bowl, what's the best case scenario after that? It's this. Yeah. It's a hand, it's a handful of teams that, because you know, he's going to play, right. They know how to fix that injury. Guys come back from that injury. They're, they're very effective. And he reestablished himself with the Rams last year as one of the best in the business. That, that it was scary not wide a, receiver. Oh, he's yeah. terrifying. That This was yeah. not a Odell can't play thing. This was a Baker Mayfield thing. This was a Freddie Kitchens thing. This was a bad fit kind of thing because give him a competent quarterback, give him a competent head coach, which McVay and Stafford are, are extremely competent. He looked like an all-pro wide receiver again. He is an all-pro wide receiver in those circumstances. And he's 29. He could play right. another three or four years. I mean, he's a new Antonio Brown without, without the true headache. He could be in the right system. So, luckily for the Cardinals, he will not be wearing number three for the Rams on Sunday. Travis Rogers at Travis Rogers again. Appreciate your friends who don't have numbers or letters after their Twitter <laughs> handle. They're very few and far between. Glad I could appreciate help. Appreciate that. You're welcome. You should, you, I appreciate that more than you do, damn it. You should appreciate that. <laughs> ESPN LA, um, check them out wherever. And uh, Locked on Rams, wherever you get free and available, wherever you get your podcast. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals, Monday through Friday, Cardinals News. Um, free and available wherever you get your podcast as well. Thanks for making Locked On NFL Crossover Thursday your first listen. Now make Peacock and Williamson your second. Brian Peacock, Matt Williamson, been around the game for a long time. Matt Williamson's been around for like 20 years. They give you the national stories, 30 minutes. Again, free and available wherever you get your podcast. Check out Travis tomorrow, Locked On Rams, me, Locked On Cardinals. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on our respective podcast tomorrow.